We can get quite excited about that word of God. We can be thrilled by it. We can be determined by it that we're going to go out and do things differently. We get into the car, the radio comes on. We get home and the TV goes on. And soon the word is forgotten. The word is gone. It's shallow. There's no depth to it. It hasn't taken root. But there is that initial excitement as we hear what God is saying to us. Then there's the word that, or the seed that lands amongst the, the weeds. That's like when we're speaking the word of God and there are things in our lives which are not quite right. And because of that, whilst we want the word to take root, the weeds choke it. The other things in our lives choke out those things, uh, the, the word that God has, has spoken to us. Some of those things can be legitimate. We're just so busy in life that it chokes out the word of God. Some of those things are not right and need to be addressed. Then finally, we might have a prepared heart, a heart that's ready to receive what God is saying to us. How do we have a prepared heart? Well, I don't know much about gardening, but if you have very hard soil, you need to break up that soil. You need to dig it up. And if we have hardened hearts, for whatever reason, through age, through experience, through just the same thing happening time and time again, we become hardened. We need to dig up our hearts. We need to soften our hearts. We need to pray that God will soften our hearts, that we'll be more receptive to what he is saying to us and not see it as something that is repetitive, but to hear it afresh. So that soil has to be broken up. Our lives need to be broken up. Our hearts need to be broken so that we can receive what God is saying to us. When we break the soil in the garden, the weeds that are there are easier to remove. You've loosened them, and you can take them out, including the roots. And the second thing we need to do is, having our hearts broken, is to examine ourselves and say, are there things in my life which should not be there? They need to be uprooted. James talks about anger, he talks in verse 21 about moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. And those are, there are things in our lives which are not helpful, they're not right, and they need to be rooted out. So we, having broken up the soil, the weeds are taken out and removed and taken them out by the root, otherwise they just carry on growing, don't they? And likewise, we need to examine our lives and say, what is there? that's there that needs to be removed, that I need to stop doing, so the word of God can be planted. And we need to receive the word of God with meekness. It talks in about, in verse 21, about humbly accepting the word planted in us. Humbly accepting it. As we get older as Christians, we become quite... No, I was going to say arrogant, that's too strong a word. But you know what I mean? We can become quite opinionated about the Christian life and how it should be lived. To such a point where sometimes we don't hear what God's saying to us. Because we've got our own opinions now. We've developed our own views. Now a lot of them are, are correct, but sometimes they can be a hindrance. And that James is saying we need to humbly, meekly come to the word 
and accept that God is going to say things to us that might challenge us, that might encourage us, but that might challenge the way that we've thought about things in the past. So we need to come to him in that way. Now it's not enough just to hear the word of God. That's why it says in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I mean, that's pretty blunt. Do what it says. And that's a habit we can fall into, isn't it? Coming along, hearing the word, ticking a box subconsciously, reading our Bible every day, ticking another box, and we're hearing the word, but we're not doing it. So we need to have prepared hearts that can hear the word, but then we need to learn how to do it. And in the, in the second part of this passage we read, James goes on from thinking about the garden to thinking about a mirror. He says, it's a bit like looking in a mirror. He says, you look in a mirror, says you, someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now when we look in the mirror and we examine ourselves, we see the wrinkles, we see the lines, we see the grey hairs. They're there, right? We, we pretend they're not, but they're there. We see all that, but then we walk away and pretend that they're not there. We forgot what we've seen. That is a bit like hearing the word of God, walking away and doing nothing about it. So James is saying, when we hear the word of God, how do we apply it to our lives? How, do it, how does it impact us tomorrow when we're not together? How do we carry over things that we've learnt into the other parts of our lives? There's a, a phrase about getting the work-life balance, isn't there? That's a phrase that's used about getting a balance between working and living. But in fact, working is living. It's a bit like saying we should get the church life balance. Well, that doesn't make sense because life is every aspect of what we do. And therefore, although we meet together only once or twice a week, we need to think about how his word impacts on us on a daily basis. We need to listen carefully to what he's saying. There's a, a good story with David in the Old Testament He's hiding from the Philistines. They've taken over Bethlehem. And he's remembering in his youth, he used to drink water from this well in Bethlehem. And he just imagines, he's just longing for a long, cool drink of water from that well. But it's, he can't get to it because the Philistines are now occupying that place. And he just says to himself quietly, oh, I wish I could have a cool drink from that well. There are three men standing beside him who hear what he says. He's not speaking to them, but they hear what he says. And they go away, and at great danger to their own lives, they go and get water from that well and bring it to David. They were listening carefully to what David was saying. And we need to learn to listen carefully to what God is saying to us so that we can carry it forward into our daily lives. There's different ways of doing that. One thing I do is I highlight in my Bible with these different colored highlighter pencils, different color for promises that I read, a different color for instructions, ones for facts about God, 
and one for encouragements. I've only got four coloured pencils, right? <laughs> but I do that. And that's one way of, of reading a passage and trying to apply it to myself and taking something from that I can carry into the day. We can apply that to things that we hear when we've spoken from the platform. There's a problem with that because often you colour in that verse and you think, job done. I've done it. I've done a little bit of exercise. It's like reading a chapter of the Bible that morning. I've done it. So it's not just doing simple things like that. They're good practices, but it's more than that. It's hanging on to those promises, hanging on to those instructions, hanging on to the encouragements. Some of you may have read Psalm 73 this morning. Look at Psalm 73 for a moment. There's a psalm of Asaph. And in that psalm, he goes on a great length about the envy he has for those who are what we call wicked, those who are not following God. And he's saying, well, how is it that they prosper? How is it they do so well? How is it they enjoy life so much? He's envious of that. And then towards the end of verse 23, he says, yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And after us, you'll take me into glory. Verse 27. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of your deeds. There's an example of taking a passage and just picking out of it something which we can carry over into our day. A reminder that although we see people, and we do it, I was going to say, Jim, see my new registration number. We, we, do, we see things. Why are people doing th- I've got things that I, I don't have. Why do people seem to, who are not Christians seem to do well in life? We do it all the time. And God is reminding us there's coming a day when they will perish. They will be judged. But God is near to us. And we carry that in and we apply that to our lives. You may have also read in... Acts chapter 15, just another example of a passage that we can read in our daily readings. And this is about Paul and Silas. And it's talking about how they shared the gospel with a lady called Lydia. Well, they shared it with some several women, but one particular woman, Lydia, it says she opened her heart to receive what was being said to her. She was saved and then baptized. And there's this taking that passage out and say, well, how important it is to share the salvation we have with those that we come in contact with each day. It also talks in this passage about them being prompted by the Spirit not to go to a certain place. There was something inside them that caused them to hear what God is saying. We all have the Holy Spirit, and we need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in our daily walk. We now think differently from what we did before we were a Christian. We have to accept that. We need to have our minds renewed so that they become like the mind of Christ. That takes time renewing of our minds 
so that we have the mind of Christ. We ask, well, what is the mind of Christ? What does Christ think in these situations? I think one of the best passages is the, the Sermon on the Mount. It gives us a real insight in how God has turned the world upside down. How he's changed all our thinking from the eye for the eye, the tooth for the tooth, to loving our enemies. When we pray, not to pray out loud so people hear what we're saying, but to pray privately. There's so much in there which can be applied in our daily walk. How we, when someone asks us for something, to borrow things, our natural reaction is to say why. But it tells us there to give freely. Give them the jacket from off our back. So there's an upside down thinking there. And we can only do those things with the help of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that has the power to enable us to have compassion for people, to see the need in people, and to be able to share with them. We cannot do it in ourselves. That's why it's important to carry these promises, these verses, these instructions into our lives and take them with us and apply them to every aspect of what we're doing. And it'll help us to see people the way Jesus saw them. A few years ago, it was quite common for young people to wear a band with WWJD on it. Do you remember that? stood for what would Jesus do? I think it's not a bad thing, that actually. Just as we face with situations in life, to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do in this situation? And we're reminded of what he would do as we read about what he did when he spoke to people. And for us to, that's the Holy Spirit prompting us to respond in the way that Jesus would have responded. So it's important to carry the word with us. To listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in every situation we face. That's how we grow. That's how we become more like Christ. And to share with each other. To share our experiences. Because we think we're the only one going through a difficult time or a joyful time. But in fact, you'll find that each of us have probably have similar experiences and we can share them with each other. The last two or three years have been playing golf with Jim and one of the great blessings has been sharing and hear what Jim says about ways he's shared his faith, people he's met not always positive results sometimes things that don't go right but it's sharing, it's having fellowship and that's so important to have that communication it also helps because he takes his mind off the golf <laughs> but it's so important isn't it to, to focus on these things and we have a WhatsApp group where we often send messages of encouragement. That's great. But you may have a particular friend in the fellowship who you want to just send a message to, to say what you've been doing, to encourage them. It's sharing with them how God is speaking to you on a daily basis, what you may have read, which has helped you in that day. So we thought about how hearing the word of God and how we practice the word of God, and that's so important, isn't it? And just at the very end of this passage in James, it talks about sharing it. It uses the word religion. Now, religion is not a word that we often want to use it ourselves because we think of religion as being pomp and ceremony. We think of rules and um, ornate buildings and so on. But it tells us here that pure religion is the definition of pure religion. It's only used about four or five times in the New Testament, this word. But it tells us 
religion that our God our Father accepts as pure and false is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. It's not what you'd expect, is it? That's where he's saying pure religion is looking after those in need. And as we hear God's word and as we apply it to our lives and as we practice it, we also need to share it, don't we? And have our eyes opened to the need that is around us. So much need. Need within our own families. Need on the streets. Needs of those who come into the, this building. And just recognising that that is what pure religion is. It's sharing God's love with these people. But also doing it in a way that keeps us from being polluted by the world. We've talked about this before, isn't it? How we can live in the world but not be a part of it. It's a challenge. Because we all are in the world. And we need to learn to practice these things that God is teaching us. Retain those promises and those instructions in our heads so they can be a part of our everyday living. So that we can become more like Christ. For his name's sake, let's pray. Dear God and Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a light for our way forward. It is sweeter than honey and it's more precious than silver and gold. Help us to value it, help us to hang on to it, help us to read it. And as we read it, help us to understand it and to apply it to our lives. Father, ask for forgiveness for the times that we read it and don't fully take on board what you're saying to us. We ask that you just break our broken, our hardened hearts. Help us to remove those things which are hindering your word being planted and growing. 